you will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B O D I dot com. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. This episode is sponsored by Organifi. Don't forget to get your 20% off Organifi. Go to Organifi.com slash real moms. Great way to start the new year. Hello, welcome to this special edition of Real Moms of Bravo. We are going to be recapping our top 10 moments, good or bad, of 2022. And we have the pleasure of having Gibson Johns, which by the way, sounds like a celebrity. He is in his own right. He's the host and producer of We Should Talk on Watch in the Know. He's an entertainment reporter with Yahoo, and he's a huge Housewives fan. So we couldn't have a better guest with us today. Welcome, Gibson. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like we we had a run in a BravoCon. This is, this is a full circle moment for us. <laughs> yes, it is. I, we were just talking before we started recording of our full, like our run-in was me, Boozy, and Chatty, <laughs> and yep. So I'm sure most of you listening aren't too surprised that Vanessa is with Gibson when we met, but he's here now. So it's all, it's all good. Full I wouldn't have it any moment. other way. I love it. I love that. That was our kind of like meet cute moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let's, let's get started with this countdown. Um, starting off at number 10, Teresa's wedding hair. It kind of broke the internet for a moment. You guys know we're not fans of Louie, but let's talk about the hair. I mean, you have to, a year can't go by without like an iconic housewives look. And I feel like this is, this is far and away the one that, that we got. And what I loved about it was that like, it was her leaning into the Jersey and then some, and like, even just seeing how she, how it was like talked about all the time at BravoCon, like she was also, I think that she, there was like, there was semi self-awareness about like how Jersey it was and how over the top it was. And with Teresa, that can be rare. So I liked, I liked that, that she was kind of willing to to be in on the joke. I think it's one of the few times Teresa actually has been in on the joke. I agree. Like she, it felt like a Bravo con where people were asking about it. She still said she loved it. She never backed down and said like, no, it was too much or because if she would have, then I think we all would have been devastated. It was very Teresa. Um, I still love the way she like talked about in interviews about like 1500 bobby pins and like the hours it took and how many extensions i mean i was joking with people who couldn't get bravo contact it's like hide in teresa's hair you (laughs) nobody would find you 
I feel like it would have to that. hurt your neck, like that much hair on your head. I mean, $10,000 worth. And we're going to get a wedding special where we get to relive this. I don't know how I feel about the wedding special. Like I could have probably just do one episode, but knowing Teresa and Jersey, I'm sure it's going to deliver. What do you think, Gibson? Yeah, it was, it was interesting around the time when that was happening of like, is it going to be on the show? Is it going to be on the show? And she kept saying like, no, I don't know. I think I want I want it to like just be for us. And then it's like, okay, but then she has like this full ass wedding special. <laughs> I'm just like, I mean, of course, like if it wasn't filmed, like there'd be something wrong with that equation, I think. But yeah, I'm 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 I want to see it. Like the the 7 a.m. wake up and the with like the probably however many hours it took to put all those all that in. Um no, I love it. And I think that like I don't know. I, I agree. It's like Teresa, Teresa can still give us these moments after all these years. And um, I don't know. It was her fairy tale moment. And I agree. I think that she actually genuinely really loved it. I think that she looked great. And I remember like that was on a Saturday. Right. And like, I kind of try to tap out a little bit on the weekends. Like I try to like not be as much like scrolling that day, baby. We were <laughs> I was glued to my phone. <laughs> It was like our Super Bowl. Like, I mean, it really it was like, oh, I have to find out what's going on. And then like, were the Gorgas going to be there? Were they not? And then you're checking their stories. And I was more shocked that like Marge and Jackie were there. You know, it was a very much like who's there, who isn't. You could read a lot by that. And I spent all day on my phone and I I try to do the same. I'm like, got to be present with my kids. And like, and I'm at like this. Yeah. I'm at like their <laughs> soccer game. Like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's also interesting because I think that like, the hair was such a narrative coming out of the wedding and like immediately so and it it's interesting how like it, it sort of did take some of the attention away from the fact that the gorgas weren't there but also it still left room for that and so i thought that was interesting because like if the hair hadn't been such a thing it would have been all about the gorgas you know what i mean that not being like that would have dominated the, the, the cycle of her wedding and i think that having the hair moment kept Teresa kind of like center stage in the narrative around her wedding day, which I think is important. And like, obviously the Gorgas not being there is also important for us as, as, as housewives fans. But um, I think that was like, I- I'm glad that she still had her big moment as part of her wedding day. I didn't think about that. Had it no, like, had I was she... like, wow, A plus yeah. analysis there. Yeah. <laughs> like had she just done a simple like hair down or just a simple sleek back, like whatever. Yeah. We all would have been talking about the Gorgas. And you know, I think so. I love Teresa. I just don't like Bluey. I just always I'm going to make that clear yeah. for people. But I think as much as she plays into kind of being ditzy and the, the ingredients is she is extremely smart when it comes to her business, her image. And I'm sure that was part of it. She's like, you know what? If my brother doesn't show up, because obviously there's drama leading up to it. I wonder if maybe she's like, make my hair huge. I want this to be part of the story. Because, you know, and Teresa, she wants that attention on her. So I think you're onto something. Maybe this was like a calculated idea of like I'm gonna make this part of the story yeah I think that I think that she I, I I'm very curious to see kind of honestly when that decision was made they weren't going to come like I really can't get a grasp of like whether that was a planned thing or if it was literally like day before or we're not going but um yeah I think that she, I think that she, she wanted to have her moment like this was her this is her fairy tale reclaiming of the narrative this is her I mean who knows how long Louis and Teresa are going to be I I for her sake, she seems very happy. I hope it's for forever. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Louis so far, but like, this is, this is her, this is her moment. And she, I think she's also proving people wrong. And so it's like, this is her kind of staking her, putting her stake in the ground. Wow. Well, let's wrap that up. (laughs) 
And go to number nine. So we go from a wedding, a fairy tale wedding to a divorce. Okay. I would say a fairy tale divorce, honestly. Honestly, I mean, a fairy tale divorce. Let's coin so that phrase. Yeah. Number nine, Ashley Darby divorcing Michael Darby, which kind of I always love the moments in the Bravo sphere that brings a community together. Like we all agree on one thing and no one was more happy that she was leaving Gollum's ass than the Bravo world. It was one of those days. It's one of those days. Like when Jen Shaw got arrested, it's like there, there, there's probably like five of those in the past couple of years where it's like, you know where you were. You remember all the memes. You remember like it, it was one of those days. And it, and I think for most people, probably Ashley included, it was a pretty joyous occasion. And, and I think that like, I think that just, she definitely feels like kind of two ways about it probably because the father of her children. But ultimately, she had to have known that this was going to be the reaction when, when the news got out there that she was, that they were separating. Let me ask you this, because so many people have said that Ashley was like ahead of the game and like very like smart in her tactics and moves, right? So a lot of people always thought this was going to be the end game with her story that she knew she was going to marry Michael, knew it wasn't going to be forever, got two kids out of him, and also got some money, too. Like, do you agree mm-hmm. with that? Have you seen that narrative with Ashley? Oh, yeah. I, yeah, totally. Like, the, I that was honestly my immediate thought, because I remember that one scene they filmed where it's like, okay, let's add five years to the to the prenup or whatever or whatever that was. I don't know the, the actual, like, machinations behind that. <laughs> but, like, she got to that, that, that year mark. And, you know... It's so hard because I think that on one hand, like I do think that Ashley knows what she's doing, and I think that she, she's really smart, and I think that she she knows how to play the game and to work it, and she also knows that like she is such a great housewife because she's one of the most open about like her messy life, and a lot of that is because of Michael. Do I think it is calculated as people make it seem? I don't think it was like okay, eight years ago. Let me let me be married for eight years, and then like. We're, we'll do a divorce like i don't think it was that calculated but do i think that like she stuck it out for a certain amount of time and got kids out of it yeah i do i do think that that was like definitely i don't know like she wanted that family and and he's he has he has set her up for i mean i'm also now she's she set herself up because she's also been on housewives for seven years and making a good amount of money from that but i i do think there's an element of that for sure yeah i like i i think I think she's smart. I agree with you. I don't think she like met him and was like planned all this out. Like I'm going to make it eight years. I'm going to make the prenup five. Like I don't think anybody has a crystal ball quite right. that, you know, to predict that. But I think she also sensed that as things were happening in their marriage and at like the way fans responded to it. In some ways, I think that gave her the confidence to leave. I wonder if like people would have maybe not have been so like, pro Ashley and everything and feeling bad for her and that sympathy if like they would be like well you know you're off doing this or whatever then she might have been like oh I'm going to stick it out a little bit longer but I think I do think the fans kind of gave her the confidence to kind of walk away and I think the way she's done it has been like she should run a master class on how to go through a divorce publicly because she has everything she's done has been so perfect I haven't felt like it's a slap to Michael, but in the same way, she's talking about her freedom and how it's nice to know the fans on her side. Like she's just playing it so perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that actually, I think the one I totally agree with you, I think she's handling it really well. I think the one thing that I've seen her get a little bit of criticism for is like, she's still defending some of his nefarious actions from over the years. And 
the fact that none of those were straws that broke the camel's back for her is interesting. I think that's telling that like she it wasn't as maybe 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 actually does say that it was more calculated because like for a lot of situations that would have been enough, right? If your husband is cheating on you with X person, man or woman, if it's if they're accused of sexual assault, like if there's all these things over the years that she's still honestly defending, and I, and I, I she has said that's because she doesn't want to talk badly about her kid's dad, and I totally get that. But I think that the defending of that kind of adds to that to that kind of thought about whether how much thought went into it on her end. I think that's going to be the thing that's going to continue to give her storyline as Potomac continues to film. Mm. I think she's going to turn on Michael. And these things are going to like start to come out more. That's just my take. Um, but who knows? Who knows? I, I see that. I see that. She, again, she's smart. So she knows like, okay, first we're doing a separation. But it's, it's a year of separation. So we have, we'll, then we'll have the filing of the of actually filing for divorce. And then we'll have her turning on it. So it, it gives her two more seasons right there. Right there. there you go. There you she's, go. You're right. She's going to make a lot of money off of this. Darby Barbie yeah. will be coming <laughs> with the sequel Darby to that. Barbie. Darby <laughs> Barbie. Face. All right, so let's go to number eight, The Berserkers, Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, season two, The Ex-Wives Club, a gift. A gift. I think, I mean, there, there's been so much said about it. It's just, it's it's honestly one of the best things, one of the best seasons of any show, Bravo, Peacock, whatever, that we've gotten this year. Like it's, it was, it start to finish, it was just it was entertaining in the way that I want Housewives to be entertaining. That That's what it was to me. And I just loved it. I loved all everything about it. I think too, it taught us that there's like um, varying levels of thirsty. You've got, because everybody who, who agreed to do this is thirsty, right? They want some, some little totally. attention back. You've got Eva, like at the you know end of the spectrum, who's like, I just want a little bit of attention, but I don't want to go full blown, rehire me. And then you've got Dorinda, Tamara, Vicky, who are like, I, this is my audition and I am getting this role back. And two out of three of them were successful. So I think, I mean, it showed, it showed that we still, like, there's people I kind of forgot about. Like, I forgot that I missed, I actually could say two Taylors back. So I guess mm-hmm. it worked for three of them. Um, I forgot some, like, how I missed some of these women because it's been so long. And then I forgot how much I really didn't like Dorinda towards the end. And we got that evil, mean Dorinda back. That was my only thing. I, I felt like Dorinda became meaner as a way to mm-hmm. get more airtime. And I just didn't know if it was necessary, but we're going to see it again in Roni. So, yeah, I, the Dorinda thing is interesting because I've always thought that like her being on pause, I thought actually was a legitimate thing. I think they genuinely were putting her on pause that she could sort of, you know, reflect on her, how her behavior and her drinking and on, on how she gets, but I don't think the pause, her being one put on the show two put in the power position of being the host it 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 made it made the pause not long enough for her. Like I don't think that it was long enough for her to ever to, to learn from reactions. I think at this point she's not going to ever kind of reca- recalibrate because she's going to be on Legacy, I'm sure. So she just it's it's a constant thing for her. So, um, but I think you're right up the level levels of thirst. Like I think the Eva thing is honestly it makes it even better. Like she was the fan favorite, her and Porsche, her her and um, Phaedra, and she was a fan favorite. And the fact that she doesn't want to come back at, makes her even more likable. Honestly, she was more likable on this than she was on Atlanta, I thought. I completely agree. I, we also ran into Phaedra the night before BravoCon started. She sat next to us at dinner and I played it super cool as she walked up. I screamed, oh, my God, Phaedra's here. So like she had no idea. Um, <laughs> and like her whole table looks over like I was like, wow, this was not like ultimate, like embarrassing moment. 
But uh, so, of course, Phaedra being like knowing like she plays to the fans. She was talking to us and I said, I want you to get your peach back. And she goes, oh, honey, I don't want it. You'll see me in something else. So they keep saying that. Is it going to be yeah. Dubai? Like, are, are, are I, they? I hope they not, even confirmed I, the second season for that. I yeah, hope not. I, I mean, I hope it's not Dubai. There's a lot of housewives in Paris right now. Like, I'm sure it's coincidence. Mm. But Teresa, Dolores, Karen, and Phaedra are That's all true. in Paris. Mm. So someone DM'd was like, maybe it's another Ultimate Girls trip. And I'm like, well, I don't know that they would have Phaedra again. Like, for that. And Teresa. I and feel Teresa? like we also would have gotten we would have gotten three like leaks that that was even happening. Maybe yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I wonder if she's gonna have her own like little like sp- just little show like spinoff. Um, mm-hmm. like I don't know, Phaedra and yeah. the president. You know what? Like, <laughs> Phaedra would be bad. Names, she would but... be a great like people's couch because she doesn't oh, yeah. really care. She's very unfiltered when in the way she evaluates situations. She doesn't always like. Some people you can see their biases and even in like an ultimate girl strip, the way she was talking about stuff was cracking me up because she just kind of said it as it was. So maybe she'll have something like that. I don't know. I always thought it'd be interesting to do an ex housewife having like an after show where they like yeah. break down what's happening just because they have a different view from like it. Instead having... of, like instead of a podcast, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But make it like a real show. I feel like when yeah. ex housewives do podcasts, it gets to be a little much. I agree. And, and, and Andy like has made it so clear that he loves Phaedra and wants her back in some capacity. So but as long as Candy's around, she won't be. But it, so I I went to the um to the premiere party for for this season of Girls Trip in New York, and Phaedra, my brother, had a moment. So I brought my brother as my plus one, and he had gone to her book signing back in like 2013 or something, and he like had the picture pulled up. He like loves Phaedra, and he 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 she she was being walked by through the crowd with, with security, and she was like she was like saying hi to fans and they he was like oh my god like i was at your book signing 10 years ago blah 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 and she's like come find me later like i like i want to have a moment with you so literally we're, we're standing like an hour later like kind of near the vip section she she like points at my brother like from like 20 feet away and she's like come here and they like have like a 10 minute conversation she takes all these photos with him she like you said she plays the fans and it's really genuine like it was she 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 did that like he didn't even seek her out again like it was because he'd already gotten his moment with her. So did I, she have she, somebody with a ring light? Because whenever people I mean, she, with these, she had somebody with a ring light, and it was cracking me up. She had people. She had people shot. Not not yeah. a ring light, but she had the uh, their phones had the flashlight yeah. on, <laughs> and she had like five people around her at all times. It was it was a moment for sure. She like I, lo- I she love. She plays her. up the like the I don't even want to call it diva, but the pageantry of a housewife in a good way. Yeah, like with that, yeah, like, like that's like fun and to be expected. So that's with awesome. with the, with the tint of the Southern Belle, like that woven yes. in there at all times. Yes, oh my I gosh, love it. that's such a sweet story. I love yeah, that. It was oh cute. my gosh. Okay, last Ultimate Girls Trip question before we move on to number seven. After seeing Vicky's performance, do you want her back on OC? Huh. <laughs> that is that is a big question. Honestly, yeah. Like I I. I I, I'm curious to see what what it would be like. Honestly, like I, OC has been lost for the past several years, and I'm not. I I actually have no idea what to expect with this new with this next season. Like I feel like it's kind of unclear what's happening with it. But um, I'm not fully convinced that like Heather Heather versus Tamara or whatever that's going to potentially could be is fully enough for me. Like I I don't know. I think that people want to see the Trace Amigas back together, and I, I I'm curious to see what it would be like. I don't know. What do you guys think? It's like a double-edged sword. Yeah. You know, it's like, I want her on one hand, I want her back in a very limited capacity. Mm. 
but I don't want to give her, it's like that ego too. Like the second she thinks she's back on the show, like we saw it when she was friend of, and she was so mad that she wasn't at the end when they all cheers. Like she does get this like ego to her. So I don't know. It's hard. Like, but I think her and Tamara together. Mm-hmm. It's I, yeah, I agree. I, I I have very conflicted do, feelings. Do you think that bringing her back as a friend of would like create a different reaction to her since it's, it's not like necessarily demotion. It's actually just bringing her back or no. I don't know. I wonder, I feel like she's, well, she's always said that she will never be a friend of again. She said that at the first BravoCon and then she got fired. Yeah. So I don't know if it was like, okay, Vicky, well, you put that out there and now we let go of you. If she, you know, kind of recant that and be willing to accept it. She's pretty stubborn. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think they ever bring her back full time. I think Bravo's made that. Yeah, fun. I agree. I think though, considering that she's been seen filming, I think she's opening that door to be friend of. And I know she doesn't feel like she's done. Like, never forget the fact that the Watch What Happens live appearance with Vicky and Tamara, like they purposely didn't announce Tamara's return because they didn't want to hurt Vicky's feelings. Like, I'm kind of bring Vicky back. Like, if she's going to bring herself down, if anyone's going to like bring this down upon themselves where this is a failure, it's going to be her, right? So like, why not just give her that opportunity? Dorinda has the door open to me. Like, why not give one to Vicky? Yeah, I think Dorinda and Vicky are kind of inflicted with the same housewives like disease, kind of whatever whatever we're gonna call that, whatever that word is. But I think, I they, I think they have they have <laughs> that same thing. But the difference is that Vicky's been gone for long enough, I think, or to at least give her to at least have the chance of being a friend potentially working for her in a way that like it definitely would not work for Dorinda. Like Dorinda would have to be full time. I her. also think Vicky seeing how it's worked out for Kathy. Like seeing Kathy Hilton be so true. Of, like if someone's in her ear, be like, look at Kathy, like. She's got the best parts of it and it's not like fully in on the reunion part. So I'm kind of curious to see. I mean, who knows? Like I, you see a lot of people who go friend of and then come back full time. So I'm here for Vicky. So I think we all agree we want Vicky back on some capacity, whether it be full time or friend of. Okay. Number seven. Brr-ba-ba-boom. Cheap sound effects here at Real Moms of Bravo. Um, <laughs> Vanderpump rules. I'm going to call it the comeback in a sense that. It feels like after season nine, myself, I'll raise my hand first. I was like, cancel it. It's done. Like, this is, you know, it's just so so fake. They're not working at Sir. Then all the off-screen drama happens. Katie and Tom divorce. Lala and <clears throat> Randall break up. And that shit storm comes out. Um, Raquel and James. Sheena gets married. Um, then allegedly, maybe Raquel and Tom hook up. And now I'm like, wow, I'm... They got me like they got me thinking again, and I'm I'm ready for these guys to come back. So I want your guys' thoughts on Vanderpump Rules and what you want to see this season, and just your thoughts about it. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that last season was underwhelming to say the least, but I do think that the reunion for me was a was a, a a testament to what they can what that group can still bring us. Like the reunion was amazing. Uh, I mean like James and Raquel like announcing that they weren't together anymore like on live on the reunion. Like that was like that was kind of great. Honestly, I mean like I felt bad, but it was good TV and I think that this is really their last chance to prove that they can deliver a really good season of TV. Like if you can't deliver a, se- a good season based on what you just said, all these things, all these areas of interest that, I mean, even just two of one or two of those would be enough, I think, to create a potentially good season. But if they can't deliver on this, I think that they're, it's officially kind of too, too late to save it. Um, but I, but I have faith in them to, to, to give us like, I want to see the nitty gritty of Katie and Tom. I want, to, I want Lala to really open up because I feel like, 
she she's kind of teased like and like sometimes like things will come out from her podcast and things like that where she'll talk about it but like i want her to talk about her relationship with randall on the show like she does on her podcast like i need her to be like really unfiltered like i because because she has that's why i think lala is a great reality star that she, in the past she had been so unfiltered and so kind of kind of flying by the seat of her pants so um those are things that i want to see and i also think that raquel she it sounds like she was up to some messy business this season and i think that she could potentially be like kind of the villain of the season which if she can lean into that that's a really big change for raquel like she was always this kind of doe-eyed sweet girl around with james so i'm excited for it i'm I'm with you like i think that i have faith in it i agree i mean what did uh lala call her the bambi-eyed bitch um <laughs> i <laughs> I knew I there think, was something. Yeah. If she leans in, I agree. If she can lean into being the villain, like I think her wearing that the Tom Tom sweatshirt on the last day of BravoCon, if she did that intentionally, genius. And I think every show, mostly every like Housewife franchise, but I would include Vanderpump and Southern Trump, they need somebody who likes being the villain and is okay mm-hmm. that everyone loves to hate. And if Raquel can do that, I agree. Big jump. And I think opportunity for her to really like set herself up as being a key part of the show, not just James's kind of like arm piece. Um, I, I agree. I think she's been messy. It sounds like too. She possibly had an affair with Garcelle's son. Um, and rumor has it that's going to be um, on the show. I also am loving the side of Katie. It's almost like it's a matured tequila Katie where she is unfiltered. She doesn't care who she upsets. Like if, you know, anybody watched the panel either live or on Peacock from BravoCon. She like, and when anyone asked her a question, she was so blunt and direct. And I loved it. Like someone's like, who do you want to see back? And everyone's like, we have such a great cast now. And she's like, bring back Stassi. She just said it. She didn't care. She knew that people weren't going to, some people were going to like it. Some people were going to hate it. Like I, I'm loving this part of Katie and I, I have never been more excited for Vanderpump. And I think the last couple of seasons I'm like, okay, it's time to reformulate do something different but now i'm I'm ready for it i can't I wait yeah and i can't wait and i think honestly the show would do well with just without lisa vanderpump like if we didn't have the restaurant <laughs> yeah like, it doesn't really need the restaurant. they don't need her they, they don't, don't need, need her, her. Yeah. so i'm curious to see how that kind of evolves on there but one question i have for you guys and i want to know your take because it's been speculation on the internet is the <clears throat> tom and raquel was that fabricated by production or did you guys think that genuinely happened? Cause a lot of people are like chirping and feel like this is like a production thing that they're not really a thing. And they're just like playing it up. I could see, I, I do think that like, I think that Raquel, I think, I don't know if people give her enough credit for like how kind of with it and like kind of know what knows what she's doing kind of vibe that she has. Like, I think that she doesn't get enough credit for that. And so I do think that like, she, knew that this is her moment to be not attached to James. This is the Raquel kind of main character energy person we're getting this season. I do think though that she, there's there's still an element of her that can be probably swayed by production and they could be in her ear and be like, you know what? If you really want that, then because they know what she wants, go after Tom. Like I I I don't I don't think it was I don't think that it was completely hands off from production on that one. I think I, I agree that there's like an element of that. I think it was like a drunken, like maybe kiss make out. And she told production and they're like, Oh, this could be really good for your storyline. You should yeah. like, you know, this will create this like triangle with you, Katie, Tom, it puts you in a different light. Like, I think, yeah, I agree. I think maybe something happened 
semi-organically. Like, I don't think they were just like, make out with Tom. And she's like, okay. And, you know, right. went after it. But I do think, yeah, I I don't know if there's much more to it beyond a drunken makeout. But, you know, they think it's a good storyline. She's leaning into it. I also want to know what Tom thinks about it. Because I feel like he's one that's easily kind of swayed and always just wants to be like, oh, I'm Schwartzy. I want everyone to love me. And so... I, I, I want to know, like, obviously it's going to be filmed because it's part of Sheena's wedding where they allegedly made out what like his thought, like the after reaction to it from him. Yeah. And I'm also curious how that that persona that he has of being sh- like silly old Schwartzy is going to hold up after this season, because I kind of think that we're going to be positioned to really be in Katie's corner on this. Mm-hmm. And I mean, at BravoCon, you see like Tom and Tom are like two of the most popular people there. and. I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see how that holds up after this season, I think, especially if he's out here making out with people that, that are super connected to the group, to Katie. It's not a good look for him. No, <laughs> well, and it's, you know, at Winter House, he was like, I really want her back. I'm not telling anybody. I want to try to win her back. And it's, so it's like, okay, if you're going to play this, like, you know, little lovesick puppy Schwartz that's trying to win Katie back. Yeah. And then you make out with Raquel and fans are quick to turn. They're going to be like, wait a minute. No, like, we're not going to give you all of our sympathy and attention if, you're just out here being sloppy and drunk saying you want your wife back. And Katie has always said, like, I'm cool with you dating as long as it's no one in this group. And that was like her number one rule. And he broke it. Mm. So I'm curious. I'm excited. Obviously, there's enough chatter amongst ourselves right now just talking about it. So bring on the trailer. We're ready for it. I'm excited. So ready. ready. Pumped to come back. Um, Number six. Marlo Hampton finally got her peach. I was so excited. What do you guys think? I mean, I felt like I was on the front lines of the Give Marlo a Peach Brigade for years. So this was when I, when I got this news, it honestly was like kind of emotional because I think that she really, she really earned it, I think. And she had earned it years ago, in my opinion. And I think that people were using this kind of this like really messed up excuse that like, because she was a, like, like had been, had prior offenses against her and she'd like multiple mug shots and like all this that bravo didn't want to give it to her because of that reason like i just i thought that it was kind of messed up for them to use that especially because we we have plenty of housewives who have done committed crimes in the past <laughs> at this point um so I was, I was really happy for her and i think i do think that she kind of overcorrected a little bit this or a lot um and so I really hope that for next season, when she still has a peach, that she kind of recalibrates and gets back to a normal level. Because I think that she was honestly giving us housewives level material when she didn't have a peach. Um, there's, there was just the missing element of her personal life. So I hope that she recorrects and just kind of and dials it back a little bit because she went too far this past season. I agree. I was so excited she got it. And like this is her moment to shine. And I think it was like, when it like I wonder if like for her she built it up like everyone's wanted me to be the you know have the peach be you know full time I have to give them what they want and she tried like agree agree she like overcorrected went way too far and we were like as fans like no we just want you to be how you've always been that's why we've been fighting for you don't don't change anything I hope I hope yeah she goes back to being the like just regular Marlo not overproduced housewife Marlo. I think she will. I did love seeing the Munty and like all the layers regarding that. Um, I think anytime a housewife is willing to be vulnerable, whether it be good or bad, like I always tip my hat to them because a lot of these women can hide behind the facade and we easily as viewers can see that. So I was glad that Marlo was giving that to us. 
But yeah, I'm with you guys. I think she's going to course correct. I'm rooting for her. I love that she had her peach little handbag. I think she brought it with her to BravoCon. Like she's with this moment with all of us. So I think she's going to bring it. And I'm eager to see what Atlanta brings. And based on Candy's Amazon Lives, which apparently is the place to be for her to release all this tea. She's fighting with all the girls. I know. Isn't that so funny? I mean, I guess it's one way to boost your viewers, I guess, on that. But anyhow, I'm excited. Candy knows how to work work it online. And um, I will say, like, the one thing that I'm, like, a little cautious about with Marlo is I think that, like, because she overcorrected so much, like, I'm just, I just really hope that Candy and Kenya aren't, like, completely icing her out and, like, um, like, it. And or like refusing to film with her, like there, there's, I haven't really seen any of that. But like, there are also haven't been that many photos of them filming things together this season so far. And like in the reunion, and also at BravoCon on their panel, like there was the vibe of like we don't even fuck with this girl anymore. And like, I, I just hope that like they, for the sake of the show, will engage with her a little bit because I do think that she's sorry. And I also do that. That also creates for like such a bad dynamic on TV. Like it's happening with Wendy on Potomac right now. Like Giselle and Robin completely icing her out. It happens with, I mean, it's how kind of the Fox Force 5 can operate sometimes, trying to ice people out. So, like, and that's never fun TV to watch. So, I really hope that Candy and Kenya can find it in themselves to, like, at least engage with her, um, even if it's to be her adversary. But, like, like it, can't be, it can't be Marlo, like, begging to be let back into the group. Like, that's yeah. never, I, I hate that vibe. Yeah, I'm no, like, I, I almost feel like it needs to have, like, a Karen Giselle kind of, like, funny yeah. energy. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not going to replicate that. But just, like, can laugh with each other at times, but can throw daggers at each other with respect. Totally. All right. Let's move on to number five. Tamara's official return (laughs) to Orange County. I was here for it. I think none of us are too surprised by it. And I am excited that Tamara is back. I'm excited. I was I was glad they did this. I thought I actually really liked the reveal on Watch Happens Live. I thought that was a really fun way to make that news confirmed. And I think that they should do those things mo- more going forward. Like rather than just like putting on the Instagram account, like have that have a moment on Watch Happens Live where it really feels celebrated and and people get excited about it. I will. My one kind of cautious thing about it is like I she's hamming it up a lot. Like at BravoCon, there was like some r- real like kind of borderline like phony antics on the on the girls trip panel specifically um i was not the oc one but it was just i'm like she it's almost like she knows what we want from her and so she's she's oh again it's kind of like the overcorrection, the over delivering and it can feel fake so i really hope that on the actual show that we're not getting that from her and that actually feels authentic because i there's nothing worse than somebody who's acting for the cameras I'm a little worried about that too. I feel like it's like I'm rooting for her to do well because I also like this idea of the door never really closes. Like, you know, it it always felt like before when a housewife was fired, other than Bethany, they really don't get to come back. And so I like this idea that you never know who could come back and like what it could, you know, what it could create and be like. So I want her to do well. But I got the same vibe at BravoCon. I felt like it was really phony. She was like, and any panel purposely kind of saying stuff that she like she'd be like oh that person's a bitch and then like smiled and it was like do you really feel that way or are you just saying that because we like it when you do those things exactly so i yeah i'm i hope she does well it's kind of like the same thing with marlo i'm like gosh please just be yourself we fought for you to come back to be the you that we want not this like fake version i will say you could tell she's really excited to be back and i think that i 
that I love. I hate it when they're like, I wasn't fired. I, I left on my own and now I'm coming back on my own. It was like, no, I was, I was devastated. Like she went on live with Andy and talked to like right after she was fired and talked about how sad she was about it um, and how much she's going to miss it. And I love that she's excited to be back. I think given her performance on Ultimate Girls Trip, I'm hoping that all this overcompensation that we won't see on camera, I'm going to be a little optimistic for Tammy Sue and hope that she gives it to us in the right way. But I can be easily eating my words, so time will tell. Okay. But I, well, I do I do think well, I do think that's a really good point, though, about the um, Tamara actually being excited to come back, because I don't think that Heather had that kind of overexcitement about it. When she came back and I was really excited for Heather to come back, but I think that like OC needs the energy. That's what they need. And so Tamara, I hope, I think is going to bring that. Yeah. Heather was like, they need me, you know, like, I think that was her like mindset going into it. And Tamara was like, I'm pumped to be back and kind of stir some shit up. So yeah, totally. All right. Let's move on to number four, Carlito and Hub's engagement. I think as viewers, we are thrilled and so like so happy for them. This is like such a realistic love story in the sense of all the journeys of Summer House and how we've seen them as friends. Carl is a, is a reformed fuckboy now. We've seen him in his <laughs> fuckboy days. Um, he's also worked on themselves and friendships who hooked up then to finding each other again. So I love their love story. I think what also makes us so interesting is the messiness behind the scenes of the cast not really publicly Mm -hmm. supporting them and Danielle and Lindsay. I mean, I'm going to say it. So I want your guys' thought on Carlito and hubs. Yeah. I think that I I thought some of the first reaction to it was obviously really excited, but also some people were like, Oh, that was so fast. But it's like, if you really think about it, they've had a 10 year friendship and they tried it out before. So they, why, why wait? You know what I mean? They're both in their mid to late thirties. Like why wait to, to more than a year? Um, I'm really excited to see kind of them next season, but I, the, the cast not celebrating it when, when it happened on social media, like it sounds small, but it's, I think it's incredibly telling and the edit that Lindsay's getting on this season of winter house with her little appearance on there is making me really nervous for how she's going to be treated and how she's going to come across on this next season of summer house. Um, I think the, the the lack of social media support for the engagement was the first clue, I feel like, about her and Danielle. Like, it was like, why isn't Danielle posting? And I don't think there had been rumors about their feud yet. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's making me really nervous because Lindsay's my favorite person on that show. And I... I, I'm just, I'm a little, I'm just a little scared about like how, how many people are against her. Oh my God, it's, Gibson. It's, do you know that we're Lindsay apologists? We are Lindsay apologists. <laughs> yeah. So like, this is like, as if we didn't love I'm you part enough. Of that. Yeah, I I'm mean, part of that. we are the Lindsay apologists who are worried about our girl, Lindsay. Abby, I want your thoughts. Yeah, I, I've, I've been terrible. My biggest worry too, is that based on the edit and kind of what I'm hearing and seeing, I also love Danielle. So this is going to be a really so hard journey yep. for all of us. Um, I'm afraid I'm going to side with Danielle and that's going to make it really hard for me because I want to be so happy for Lindsay. And I like, I want this moment for her and, and Carl, like we've watched this journey of them. We've watched her like kind of her wild single days, but also just so desperately wanting something serious. You know, we saw it with I forgot the guy who didn't make her any sandwiches, but kind of how she was so quick to bring him like to, you know, forgive him and bring like be back together. It's like, I feel like she's wanted something like this for so long and she finally got it. And I'm so happy. And you can tell between the two of them, it's genuine. Some people feel like 
I've heard people say like they think it's forced and staged. I think they genuinely are in love and this is for real. But I agree. I hate that like we're seeing signs that maybe this has changed them. It's changed dynamics with friendships. It's changed the group dynamic. And I'm I'm worried on how this is going to go for her. I'm really curious to see how Carl's going to respond to it because as we're seeing in Winterhouse, everyone loves Carl, right? They're like, oh, I love Carl. Like, I want to say hi because of Carl. But Lindsay is this dark cloud like looming over the house that no one seems to jive with. So I'm really curious to see how he, A, I'm guessing will defend her and that's going to kind of like push him out maybe from people. But, you know, being sober and having such a clear head and he's he's matured so much that I'm really wondering what's happened. Like, I'm like, I think that's the million dollar question me, is everyone wants to know, like, what the hell happened? What happened? This, what happened, right? Yeah. Like, I've heard one rumor and it doesn't seem to be it. One rumor we heard was that Danielle didn't know that he was going to propose, but the rest of the house knew. But that to me isn't enough to like end a friendship. I don't think so either. Cause I also, I, I, one thing that I've heard is that like, it kind of was happening. There were things that were happening all summer almost, or it was kind of the vibe all summer that they weren't, Lindsay and Danielle weren't in, in a good place. So maybe, maybe that's kind of the straw that brings the handles back. I don't know. But um, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm really nervous for our girl. And I also think that like, one thing that really complicates it is the lover boy. It's like, here we have like, you know, Kyle and Carl and Amanda are literally in business together. This is like their baby, essentially. And they're they're obsessed with Lover Boy and they want to succeed and it's exceeding. But like if they're gonna go against Lindsay and then Carl's gonna defend Lindsay, that creates a fracture in their business, in their friendship and in their business relationship. And then and Amanda's out here, and I, and I like Amanda, but Amanda's out here on Watch Happens Live and social media, like going against Lindsay. It's really messy. It's really messy for not just for their friendships. And I think that I'm really curious to see how somebody like Kyle is is gonna react to. It. I think that he he him and Lindsay still seem to be friendly and on good terms, but like when the whole house is anti one person, it's I don't know, it's hard to go up against well, that. And Amanda isn't backing down against Lindsay. And no, so you know she's Kyle's not. gonna go, obviously he's gonna side and support Amanda, which I just think it's gonna create this really interesting divide in some ways i'm excited to watch it because it's going to be messy and dramatic but in other ways it's like kind of breaks your heart because i know we really like these people i mean we've watched them like over is it 10 years basically and we've seen so much growth and journey and change in them that it's going to be kind of i think it's going to be hard but it's going to suck it's going to really suck it's going to suck it's going to suck it's going to be like watching jersey like i feel like family's fighting this is like a family friendship family fighting and totally it, and i think yeah. a lot of us can relate to that in our own li- like personal lives and relationships we had so it's gonna be yeah. like have your xanax <laughs> ready um percocet <laughs> I, whatever you need yeah. <laughs> while you watch i just really hope that the the narrative around Lindsay has always been like she's not a girl's girl and like she doesn't have girlfriends it's like I understand that like there's that she has like a certain track record, like within the confines of the show and the people that have been on Bravo. But like, I know for a fact that she has girlfriends and long lasting gro- friendships with girlfriends outside of this summer house sort of enclave of people. And I just hate that narrative. Cause I think it's so, I think it's, I think it's kind of lazy. Um, and I think it's kind of misogynistic, honestly. And I just really hope that that is not like the, the constant thing about her this, this coming season. Cause I think there's, there's definitely more to it than that. And I think that it just kind of, again, it's kind of a, a lazy take on the whole thing. Mm. Well, let's end it there and go on to number three. Jen Shaw pled guilty. 
I mean, so I, amazing. I said from the beginning, I the, episode number two of season one of Salt Lake City, I said when she was complaining about how much she paid for Meredith's birthday, I said, this woman's a fraud. It's uh, not adding up. I was like, her husband's a coach and she's compl- acting like, I know he was a lawyer before, but I'm like, people who truly have money don't complain and don't about throwing an $80,000 party. And they don't throw the number out there in a way where it's like, wow, that was a lot. Like, look at Taylor throwing that tea party for her daughter. It was, I think, $125,000 at the time. And she, all she did was talk about the party and we saw the dollar signs. She didn't right. say it. So in some ways, I like feel kind of validated because I'm like, all right, Jen. Like, because the way she kept kind of acting like she was innocent. And, so, and there were moments where I'm like, wait a minute. I know she did this, but like, I'm starting to really like fall for this. So I, I hope it's all being filled. I can't wait to see what like switches where she's like, okay, I'm going to take the deal and I'm going to say I'm guilty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, again, it's not one of those days where it's like, you yeah. know, where you were when the news <laughs> came out and I'm glad that she pled guilty. I'm glad that she finally admitted what we kind of all knew to be true. I would say but my, the hard part is that I think it's kind of ruining the season of real housewives of Salt Lake city. Like it's it kind of, I kind of tune out whenever she's like, like, oh, I'm like, she has these scenes where it's one-on-one with coach and one-on-one with a law person. It's like, I'm innocent. Like, well, and it's like, it just makes it, it's kind of a joke, honestly. Like, I don't even enjoy watching it with, well, with that whole sickening. aspect of it hanging over. I know. Yeah. it's Like with her mom, I'm like, your mom gave oh. up her 401k for you. And you're sitting here crying about how you need more support. And it's like the whole time, you know, you did this. I think it's fascinating too um, at BravoCon how Andy responded to her and like us knowing she showed up to BravoCon and was not invited. They didn't officially say it, but I think because she pled guilty to a federal level crime, her time with Housewives I think is done. And and we don't know what she's going to be sentenced. That's going to be another day that we'll talk about in 2023. Um, But I, it's just her... It's just wildly fascinating to me. And then also, Abby and I have talked about this like to death, honestly, is like the juxtaposition of Erica Jane and Jen Shaw from Mm -hmm. a public perception and public point of view of how Erica Jane was never um, charged with a crime. But Jen Shaw has been. But Jen Shaw has been so much more likable. It's just wildly fascinating. Yeah, I think I think part of that has been Jen's willingness to like, even though she she was coming at it from a false narrative and perspective of being innocent, she still like was down to talk about some of these things on the show. And Erica, from the get, was defensive and didn't want to talk about it. And I think that if Erica had been more game to just like talk about it and have her talking points about sympathizing with the victims, like that that would have been a different. I think the juxtaposition is really interesting, but I think that it it talks a lot about kind of their different perspectives about talking about it on the show and how and what their reactions have been um but yeah i mean I, i've heard that jen it depends i think the re, i think the reunion and, and whether she does a one-on-one sit down with andy all of that hinges on whether she and what what her sentence is um because I, I think the scheduling of it was like really around that orig- original december 15th date so i'm actually really curious to see how that's going to impact it um but i think it's i can think it kind of torpedoed this season i think that uh, I'm really curious how this show overall moves forward. I think that Meredith has never really given a good reason as to why she's friends with her now. And after last season, there's a lot of things that are brought up, but um, I think mostly I'm just sort of worried about the future of the show. Cause I think there's only a certain, there's a pretty small pool of women. I think they can draw from in Salt Lake city that fits this. There's a reason why they went back to Angie and um, 
I don't know. I'm just curious. It's it's kind of it's burning really quickly. So like bring in mom and talk. I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> you guys know my love for mom talk. Oh my gosh, um, those bitches are thirsty too. Honestly, in a different no, kind of way. literally, no, no, seriously. But it, it's a flame that's burning very quickly, and I'm I'm not sure what the future is. I'm sure. Sure. I mean, obviously, it's going to continue, but I'm just wondering what it looks like. So my devil's advocate to that is the Salt Lake panel did not include Jun Shaw and those four women. There was enough drama to fill the day. It felt like there was so much. And granted, I don't know if it's sustainable for a season of watching that mm-hmm. back and forth. But just for that one hour, no one thought of John Shaw. You're right. You're so you're that's that's a really valid point, hundred percent. But they just can't be de- they can't be deadlocked in yeah. these two feuds. You know what I, I mean? That's what I was gonna say. It can't be a ping pong all the time. Yeah. There's gonna have to I don't know if like maybe it's like they try a new recipe where it's there's four main cast members, but maybe there's four friend ofs too. And like we have a large friend of yeah. grouping. Cause I think sometimes it's working some of the time in Beverly Hills, but when you have like eight main cast members, it's just too much. And then there's all these like fragmented storylines. So maybe it's time to like try something different. But I I do worry it's gonna it's burning too fast. And I think like what I mean, obviously, like these are supposed to be like real, you know, events, not scripted shows. But what more can they do in Salt Lake City? Like, are we going to have somebody else now, like with another allegation that they cheated on their husband? And, you know, I mean, maybe yeah. Heather yeah. falls in love. That could be like a fun, you know, little. <laughs> Honestly, literally. Yeah, I mean, no, I think that's all really good fair points about the future of Salt Lake. Like, I think everything you guys are saying, I totally agree with. Um. So we will see what the future holds. Let's move on to number two, probably one of my favorites. And you guys will know this why. is a very biased list. I will say this is like clearly you can tell we who here, made this, this list. list. Okay, <laughs> well, Gibson's here for it. So yeah. he, we have his approval. Number two is Luke and Ashley. So you guys know I'm gonna like toot my own horn, pat my own back. Woo! Um, I made a meme in July of 2022 saying a random hookup I'd like to see at BravoCon was Luke and Ashley. I shared it in September to stories and Ashley said and slid into my DMs and said, um, who is this babe? I'm reading our exchange. And I said, he is from Summer House. She said, oh, doesn't he have a girlfriend or isn't he gay? I said, no girlfriend that I know of and no, not gay. Said, you deserve some hot D, whoever that comes from. He's a hottie. And she did laughing emojis. And then flash forward. It's so good. <laughs> no. And then, you know, her watch what happens live. She mentions it. I know Andy's going around saying he's the one who really brought it together. But I'd like to say we he put executed. It out to the we put it out there. We put totally. it out there. Yeah. It, it, was, it was a two man job. It was, yeah. It was two man job. job. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Two man job. I'm not going to, you know, go against Andy. So, you know, just flash forward to her watch what happens live appearance talking about it. And then bravo con where they met and now since then they've like legitimately have hung out and like spent weekends together i was just hoping for her to just get her coochie craving but now it seems to be a bit more than that i'm just not coochie craving yeah i, I, just... I really hate that phrase i don't know why <laughs> but oh, and now your, it seems your, to be your power your power i mean now it's like manifesting into something else like i don't know I'm, it makes me happy i think it's fun to see relationships in the bravo community and especially those like cross shows. Like usually we see it within the same show, but yeah. across a different show we haven't really and, seen before. But we had, yeah, we never had a cross Real Housewives and other part of the Bravo crossover. <laughs> and like I think what's fun about it is that it's sort of, I mean we we all know that like we've legitimized every show that that, that we watch. But like I think in the broader Bravo landscape, like it's kind of elevating 
summer house to a certain degree to kind of, you know, now Real Housewife is kind of going into that pool. And like, I think there's also a lot of people who don't watch Potomac still for some reason. And I don't know why. And it's like, hey, here's this hot, hot single mom from Potomac who a show you might not watch, but like now she's Luke's going for her. And like, it's, it's kind of a fun way to expose these shows to different people who might not engage with them. And it's, I agree. It's a really fun cross-pollination. And, and I think I, and some I people it. forget that Ashley is younger than Luke. Like Luke is so is older crazy. than yeah. her. Yeah. Uh-huh. And on her show, I think people assume she's much older, but her being, I don't know. I just think it's really fine. I'm here for it, whatever it may be, but she seems to be a relationship gal. Um, and I'm curious to see if they actually become I a think thing. Luke, though, is a relationship guy. Like, I think, like, the way, we didn't see it with Hannah, obviously, but I think, like, the way he was even on Winter House, where, like, I appreciated the conversation that he had with Lindsay 2.0 um, about, like, not reading her body language and stuff. Mm-hmm. Some of that I think is like he just kind of is like so quick to like move forward fast. And I think maybe it's a good like he and Ashley, like it seems like it might be a good fit. Whatever. It seems like they're having fun. Like when she's doing the TikToks like with him at the hockey game. And I just seem like I think they're having a good time. So, yeah, I it, for it. I get the vibe that he's also trying to kind of go into that next level of his life as well. I think he's trying to be serious about somebody. And I what also makes me even more kind of like positive about it is that like, yeah, when they went to DC and went to the football game with Lindsay and Carl, and it was like a whole thing. It was all over social media. You get that you. It's clear that they're also hanging out and not posting all about it. Sometimes, like when she, she when she did the TikTok from his apartment, she knew what she was doing. Oh yeah, like I mean that's that. Ashley. But, but she's doing totally. But at the same time, like they weren't posting a million photos together from her weekend in New York, and so it's like I do like there's there's clearly some moments that are reserved for just them, and we're not seeing everything about it, which all which kind of always sparks the flips the suspicion. Um, flip of like what, what are we doing this for but so i like that there's some real moments they're clearly having away from social media and i'm, and, I'm, I'm i love it and maybe luke will come back to summer house because of it because he's not in it. this upcoming season so who i knows? know i know i know I'll, but let's reserve some extra time for our last our number one um that was horrible uh bravo <laughs> 2022 is our number one Obviously, you guys know we were there. If we didn't tell you we were there, we were there. Um, I want to hear, uh, Gibson, you were a panelist. You uh, hosted mm-hmm. a panel. So mm-hmm. I kind of want your take on BravoCon and any behind-the-scenes tea that you can share. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like, just it's it's our Super Bowl. It's our it's it's the best weekend of the year. It's it, You really do feel like you're just around people who speak the same language as you and like have the same references and just, these are our movie stars. And just, I love it. Um, it was very different from the first one, but I, 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 so I was sort of, I was, I hosted the family karma panel in the middle of the day. And then I also, um, they had a press room with a red carpet. So, and there was, you were kind of throughout ev- both the first two days that like there was like some, there were people in there from any show, like at any given time. So I was kind of on the floor at panels in the, in the press room, kind of just working it. And, um, it was a lot, but it was, it was honestly, it was so fun. And instead of doing interviews on the red carpet, cause I just didn't have the energy to be like stuck in a windowless room for that for 10 hours at a time, which some people did kudos to them. Um, I just would, if I was in there at the same time as some Bravo people, I had them just say Bravo, Bravo, fucking Bravo. And I did a whole medley of like everyone that I got saying it together. And um, the one little tip that I can say is that like, so I pretty much everyone who I came across, I would ask them to do it. Like, I, it, why not? It takes two seconds, whatever. 
So I was in there once when some of the Beverly Hills women were in there after their panel. And um, the only one I got to do was Crystal. But when Rinna came down the line, I kind of stepped back because I just I didn't even want to engage in that. Like after what had just happened and I posted a TikTok that was blowing up for getting booed. And I was just like, I didn't want to like engage in that. Like I didn't know. I've talked shit about her online. So I just, I didn't want to Are you blocked? There. Are you blocked by Rinna? I'm not blocked. I'm not blocked. Um, okay. But I, I let it be known on Twitter what I think about her these days. <laughs> um, but when Erica came down, I was like, you know what? Why not? Like I got, I was getting the sense from Erica. One of my biggest learnings from Robocon actually is that I, that Erica was working the crowd to be back in her favor. Like that was one of my biggest takeaways. And it was actually, I thought was working. And I thought that she was honestly, I thought I was like, this is the Erica we fell in love with her for several seasons. And she, she's trying to get back there. So I was like, you know what? Erica's like down. Like Erica's like kind of, she's giving the fans what they want. They want again, I think. Hey, Erica, like I'm just having any Bravo people that I, that I talk to just say a quick thing for me and I'm going to do a big compilation. Okay. She's like, okay, what is it? I'm like, it's Bravo, Bravo, fucking Bravo. She's like, I'm not doing that and walks away. And I was like, (laughs) and I was just like, I, on the one hand, I get it. It's it's a Denise Richards callback, but like Erica wasn't from my mind, like kind of leading the charge on that per se. And also just like, just reclaim it like show yeah. that you're cool show that you're like in on the joke and cool and like past it at this point bravo bravo fucking bravo like i think of it as just sort of like a catch-all phrase that we use it's i don't really always associate with denise richards necessarily but she refused to do it and she just walked away and like i and I, my biggest regret of the weekend is that i wasn't filming already when i was asking oh my her. god that oh my amazing. god when she walked away yeah oh my that, god. that's my biggest regret of the weekend so that was a little fun press room tidbit and my other press room thing was like you know, people had their spots on the carpet, but Teddy with two D's in a pod had her own little setup right when everyone walked into the room. And she was, I, I was in and out of there all weekend for the first two or three days. She was sitting there at all times in that high chair with Justin Anderson. And it was just like, sorry, it was just like, it was, that it was very interesting to watch that and her commitment to that, which on the one hand, I respect, let's, let's get it. She was trying to get good episodes out of it. But I was like, don't you have something like better to do than just like sitting in this room? Like, <laughs> well, what's you know hilarious? What I mean? She said on her podcast that it was exhausting talking to all the fans, and I was like, Teddy, do you realize you now are a fan? Like, you're not like, you're not. She, she's a she's press. Yeah, she's press or she's a fan. Like, she. Yeah, it was. It was. I weird. will say, it was I, weird vibe. I love Justin Anderson, and I ran into him like literally, like in that hallway like by one of the bathrooms. It's like you know, it was kind of crowded, but I like literally like bumped into him. I was like, oh my god, Justin. And I was like, I love you. And he gave me a hug. I was like, I love you too. And I didn't know what to say because it was so like, like I wasn't expecting it. I go, thanks for hugging me. And I walked away and he like was, but he was so nice. And so I'm like, well, if he's so nice, maybe Teddy, you know, maybe there is a good side to Teddy, but it's, yeah. She's, I think there has to be, but I, yeah. I, just, I just, she doesn't do it for me. It's, it's, it's tough. I'm curious though, because so since you were in the press room after the Beverly Hills panel, I mean, we... <laughs> You could see on some of the faces we were in there. I never get anxiety. I don't really have anxiety issues just in general. Um, but I never like big crowds never really bother me in that moment, though, because people were so mad and heated and it just felt like it was like a fight could break out at any moment. I had a moment of like, I'm a little scared for my own safety. And I'm not going on the stage where like people are booing. It's like, did any of them seem like kind of like traumatized okay. after? So, so I, I never felt um, 
like kind of scared for my own safety, but it definitely, so I, um, I had a press pass, which got me access to the front two rows of every panel. Like that, that's just kind of how it is. I was very lucky to have that. And I could like waltz in through the VIP lines, which I, I that was just how it is. And I was, I was, I felt very <laughs> blessed. Um, so I, and I knew that Beverly Hills, that Beverly Hills panel was going to be the hottest ticket of the weekend. Like, obviously we were still in the, I think we had either just come out or still in the reunion one more part or something. So I was sitting literally front and center right there. And there were women, probably four rows of women who had not gotten VIP seats. Like they had VIP passes, but they, there weren't enough seats for them to sit. They staged a sit in in front of me. So I was sitting in the front row. There was rows of four women seated on the floor between me and the stage. There's probably like 20 feet there, which was, uh, they were not the, the security guard. I have videos of like security guards and women in screaming matches and refusing to stand up. This was at noon. People had had drinks. And then the fire, the fire marshal guy comes on and the, or the, the event organizer, whoever it was, came on and was like, this is going to be delayed. Like we have to get people out of the aisles, blah, blah, blah. Those women refused to stand up. They were like, we are not sitting up. I didn't even notice that. Oh, oh yeah. And, and then at one point, Heather McDonald was sitting in the, on the floor in <laughs> of front course. of me. And she, and she stands up at one point. She's like, I'm not sitting on the ground. She yells, does anybody in the first couple rows have an extra seat for me? I'm Heather McDonald. Like, blah, oh blah, blah. my God. <laughs> she climbs over the first two rows to get a seat that somebody was saving with a backpack I, that their friend was shit out of luck because Heather McDonald got their seat. Um, but eventually one of the like head haunters at Bravo like told security to leave the women who were sitting alone. And they just like got to sit on the floor in front of the Beverly Hills panel for the whole time. And it was a charge <laughs> room. That's what I yes. will say. It was a charge room and, and credit to Braggeress because I think that the panel was not perfect, but like that was kind of, he was anybody who had that gig of moderating the Beverly Hills panel at BravoCon was kind of being set up to fail because oh it was God. it's an, impo- His an impossible. Hives. That's all I he noticed. Was, yeah. was it's like broke out really in hives. He yes. was so rad. I, I felt badly for him. I felt bad for him. Okay, I so, also thought though he kind of gave some softball questions. I, oh, I think oh, for, for sure. I think Karamo should have done it because I don't think he had any ties to any of those women, so it would have been a because Brad is friends with yeah. yeah with Lisa yeah He's yeah good, I agree friends with, with that. Karamo's good friends with um, Erica. Uh, well, but, but but still, yeah, I don't that, know. There, there were yeah. some softball questions. It, was, yeah. it, it reminded me of the last Beverly Hills panel at BravoCon. Yeah, like they were clearly told not to talk about Vanderpump, yeah. and so like when a, when an audience member would ask about her, they shut it down. This time, it was clearly like let's keep it fun, and it was like three like you love interior design. It's like yeah. what? I know. Yeah. Well, they kept being like, oh, um, Sutton and Garcelle. Let's go back to understanding your friendship more. I'm like. Well, we've talked about their friendship for 20 minutes and we all know they're friends. <laughs> this isn't like a new revelation. Yeah. Uh, oh my yeah. goodness. Well, this is our number one moment. So we talked yes. about the messiness of this moment. So I think for me, I'm going to, I'm going to ask each one of you just to kind of your favorite part of BravoCon, why you loved it. I think for me is just meeting people and developing friendships with people who share this love of Bravo with me. Um, getting to meet so many of you who listen to us and support us it was I hate to be like blessing because I'm not one of those people that talks like that, but it is. Um, And for me, like number one person I met that I was super, super excited to meet. um, I'm going to say the Grand Dame because I fucking love Karen Huger so fucking Uh, much. You bought a candle to meet her. That was the best Yes, I bought a candle to meet (laughs) her and I like fangirl. How many wicks? How many wicks was it? It's three wicks. (laughs) And I got to tell you, I'm looking at it right now. I burned it. You see this right now? It's like half, uh-huh. almost, like almost done. It's not as long oh, so lasting. I have like a okay. little criticism for it. Am I doing? It's TikToks? not like the anthro candles. Those no, last forever. No, it's not. 
but I loved meeting Lindsay and Jackie who I've like developed like, you know, relationships with, but that's my moment. Um, Gibson, you go. And then Abby. I agree. I'm not somebody who talks like that, but it kind of gets you in your feelings a little bit after a weekend like that, because it kind of validates all the work that you guys do that. I do that. We all, the amount of time we spend with these shows and talking about them, like it's sort of like, no, there's people who really appreciate that. And, and, And there's, we all kind of feel seen and part of this community, which I think is really, really special. I think that like one of the, it's, it's about putting the face to the, to the, to the Zoom background. And, and for me, the biggest one, and it's, she's one of my favorite people on Bravo right now is Garcelle. And I talked about being in the, in the press room when Beverly Hills was there. And she had, she had been whisked away from the press line because she had to get to another panel. And so she was, so she was whisked away before I could have time with her on the actual carpet, but she was still standing there with her team waiting for a golf cart to come to pick her up, to drive her backstage to the next panel. And I saw her, she was standing in her, her leopard getup. And I was like, okay, I can go up to her and ask to do her, for her to do the Bravo, Bravo, fucking Bravo thing. And can just be part of the compilation. Or I could just be, I can give myself one of my fangirl moments, just be like, Hey, and I was like, you know what? Why wouldn't I do that? So I go up to her and I was just like, hey, like I'm Gibson. Like we follow each other on Twitter. Like I just interviewed you two weeks ago for your some sponsorship thing she was doing. And she she knew exactly who I was. And it was just like the most validating thing. And she was so friendly. We talked for a couple of minutes and it was just, it, it was one of those moments where it it just really, really feels like this, all, this is all worth it. And she was really like, just like a ray of light and um, just as good as you want her to be. You know what I mean? Oh, I love that. I like, you know, they say, don't meet your heroes. So it's nice when there's like the people that you meet them and they really are what you expect. Yeah. There's a reason why she's been in the game for so long. She she knows how to do it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I guess for me, so kind of like what Vanessa was saying, it just like the being with everyone. And like I said on our podcast, on our like Bravo recap podcast episode that I felt like it's one of those things like, you know, sometimes like, um, I joke, like we never leave high school. It's like you walk in somewhere and you're like, where's my lunch table? Am I going to have to sit by myself? And it's kind of cool because I feel like just the climate of the world right now, it's very, everyone's very like divided. And it feels like there's very few things where kind of like can really bring people together. And as cheesy as it sounds, BravoCon was one of those moments. I felt like you walked in and there were many people who came by themselves that made friends. I heard like, heard them talking to somebody like, okay, well, yeah, you, if you want to come to dinner with us, I'm like, oh, really? I was going to eat by myself. And like, uh, Vanessa was in line. I heard the story and I told Vanessa, and she was like, I was in line when it happened. And Gibson, you might not relate to this as much being a man, but there was a woman who was in line to go to the bathroom. It's like, does anyone have a tampon? And they're like, the game of telephone goes through the line. And then someone passes a tampon up and everyone's clapping and cheering. It's I like, love it. How often do we have these moments where like, you're just genuinely connecting and helping strangers for, just for the sake of like being a good person. So it was kind of like a, your sense of humanity came back a little bit for that weekend. As much as there were reports of it being Firefest, to me, that was like, I never felt like it was Firefest, but there was like, that would be a small little blip on this like overall extremely positive radar. And I think it showed for those people that say like, this is just, you know, a bunch of like, you know, has been women fighting on TV. Well, for the people who think that, it generated a lot of money that weekend and it was a lot of people there. So make fun of it all you want, but. it's kind of like, I joke about it. This is like when people talk about like, why do you love housewives so much? I'm like, well, why do men love fantasy football? Why do you Literally. love fantasy it's sports? Our sports? It's, it's our sports. It's the exact same thing. And it was kind of like really cool to have this moment where it was like, nobody judged you for kind of being obsessed with this network. And I know it was really fun. And of mm-hmm. course, meeting all the people. Yeah. And, and it's like, I, the, 
My meat keeping you, Gibson. Yeah, I, mean, I know. I miss. I missed that. that. I know. Sunday it was it was you and Maggie from Best of Bravo, and we went through the whole Bravo. What was it called? The the Bravo Museum or whatever it was together, and took pictures. And we had just met. We had just met, and it was so with like Craig's assistant, which was so, which was so and fun. it felt like normal. It didn't feel yes. weird at all. That totally. is like exactly. the, the craziest part. There'll be people and like you only know them by their Bravo handle too. Like Bravo by Brett was there, and I just kept calling him Bravo by Brett, even though like obviously his name's Brett, but it was just like <laughs> even sometimes with Maggie, I'm like, oh yeah, we're I'm here with Best of Bravo, and this is you know Hollow Back Cards, and it's like. It's just kind of funny that it's totally normal to just use someone's Instagram handle and not mm-hmm. their real name. Yeah. And I think that a lot of the criticism, like, like you said, about BravoCon was like the lines or, you know, they couldn't handle the crowds. But like that, the, their problem was that it was too big, which is, means like they're, they're it's again, it's validating. It's like these are there's too many people that love <laughs> these things that we love for them to even accommodate all of us. So it was, uh, I thought, overall, a really amazing weekend at all things considered. Oh, well, I love that we're ending on this lovely note. Um, Gibson, yeah. thank you so much for joining us. Can you please share how people can follow you on Twitter, on the gram, where they can find you and listen to your podcast too? Yes. So my podcast is We Should Talk. It's just search for that on any podcast platform. I have um, interviews once a week with, I'd say like 75% of the time it's a Bravo person, but otherwise it's like some other reality celebrity person. This week we have Kiki Palmer, which is really exciting. Um, and then you can just follow me at Gibsonoma, G-I-B-S-O-N-O-M-A on any social platform. Well, thank you guys so much. Yes. And we hope you have a wonderful end of 2022 and bring on 2023. Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful, soothing jets, and all your stress seems to melt away, like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better, too. Call 877-861-4672 now, and for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment.